Hi, I'm Jenna Jandro. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, a master herbalist, and an essential oil specialist. There are three things I've been passionate about since I was young and studied in depth. Health and nutrition, the environment, and the Bible. The good way is where these three come together. In Jeremiah 6.16 it says, This is what the Lord says, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. The good way is about rediscovering the principles and plan God laid out for our blessing and benefit, and putting that plan into action. The good way is not about all or nothing thinking. It's about making choices. It's about choosing daily, moment by moment, to walk according to God's perfect plan for us. We won't always make the right choices. We won't always choose the right path. But we can always, always choose again. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, All things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. Welcome to The Good Way. Last time we talked about what is the good way and how we can walk in it. Today we're going to look at what I call first foods, what the Bible says about them and what the science says, plus five ways to begin incorporating more first foods into your eating. But first, let's look again at what is the good way, and in particular, what it's not. The good way is not about all or nothing thinking. It's not about dogma or legalism, veganism or vegetarianism, or any other ism for that matter. It's not about weight loss, high carb, low carb, keto, paleo, fat-free, kosher, or any other diet, fad, or form of eating that is supposed to make you lose weight, gain muscle, or be holier or more righteous than others. The good way is about rediscovering the principles and plan God laid out for our blessing and benefit. And First Foods is about learning again how he planned for us to eat in the beginning and putting that plan into action. It's about making choices regarding what we eat that bring life, health and blessing. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, All things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. Every day we make choices, choices that bring life or death, curse or blessing, creativity or destruction. With the words we speak, the actions we take, the things we choose to listen to or watch, and also the things we choose to put into our mouths and bodies. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Jeremiah 6.16 The good way is about choosing daily, moment by moment, to walk according to God's perfect plan for us. We won't always make the right choices. We won't always choose the right path. But we can always, always choose again. So what are first foods? In the account of creation in Genesis it says, Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, and it shall be food for you. 
and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. In the beginning, God gave us all seeds, nuts, grains, legumes, fruits and vegetables, and leafy greens as food. And he looked at what he had created, and it was very good. Yes, even the leafy greens. I know some of you would like to think that the green leafy vegetables were only intended for the animals to eat, but that's not the case. We humans are included in that part where it says, everything that moves on the, on the earth which has the breath of life. The phrase which has the breath of life could more accurately be translated from the Hebrew as in which is a living soul. And I think you would all agree that humankind can be included in that category. I can hear you thinking, but that was in the beginning. That was before the fall and the curse. We can't eat first foods now. They don't exist anymore, do they? First foods today are made up of whole organic non-GMO seeds, nuts, grains, legumes, fruits and vegetables and leafy greens. Not all, as in the beginning, only those that are beneficial for human consumption. This is a result of the fall and the curse upon the earth due to sin. But we'll talk about that at another time. As I said earlier, the good way is not about all or nothing. It's about a gradual increase in the amount of first foods that we consume at each meal and throughout the day until we come to the place where we're comfortable and are seeing the health benefits we desire. Whether it's 50% of our food intake or 100%, the more first foods we include each day, the better we will feel and the greater will be the health benefits to us. What I want you to know is that you can eat a predominantly or wholly plant-based diet and still enjoy your food, feel satisfied, and meet all your nutritional needs while gaining health, healing, and potential length of days, and be completely in line with scripture and God's heart. Over the years, I've met many people who are interested in eating healthy and feel drawn to a plant-based diet, but who either don't know how to go about it or who have come to believe that it's A, not healthy, or B, not scriptural to eat only plants due to either a lack of information or, more often, misinformation. And when it comes to nutrition, there's a lot of misinformation out there. My interest in nutrition started as a teenager when I was dancing and working to stay within the acceptable weight range for a dancer and still remain healthy, especially as one who doesn't fit the ideal body type for a dancer. It grew with my studies as a fitness instructor and sports trainer and then became more formalised as I studied nutrition and herbal medicine as a part of a Bachelor of Naturopathy degree at university. I have always been drawn towards a plant-based diet, but was brought up in a family where dairy products were a part of daily life and it wasn't a meal if you didn't eat meat. I found out later in life that I am actually allergic to dairy products and a lot of the ill health I suffered as a child was due to the effects of the dairy products I consumed on a daily basis. Then while I was studying nutrition in the 80s and 90s, 
The prevailing attitude of the nutrition community seemed to be that although there were significant health benefits to be seen by eating a plant-based diet, the general consensus was that you couldn't perform at an elite level as a sportsman or athlete while eating a purely vegetarian or vegan diet. You needed to consume animal protein to get the performance edge you wanted. I can tell you this did not sit well with me. It didn't fit with what I'd seen or read, both in secular texts and in the scriptures. I'm happy to say that these ideas have changed, and now we're seeing athletes in almost every field of sport and athletics that attribute their improved performance to a plant-based diet. The diet of those of us in Western or First World countries is for the most part far removed from that of the first man and woman, and in many ways divorced from nature and the reality of what we are eating, and in some case devoid of any actual food value at all. The good way is about getting back to first principles, about simplicity and a reconnection with the food we eat and the earth in which it grows, and also about a reconnection with self, others, and most importantly, with the God who created us for his good pleasure, and who desired that we should know only good. Now some people would say that science and faith are not compatible, but in my experience science very often backs up scripture, and this is very true in the case of the benefits of a whole food plant-based way of eating. The amount of scientific evidence available today that covers decades of research and that shows the health benefits of a whole food plant-based diet is really quite overwhelming. So why hasn't this scientific evidence been made widely available? Why is it that the average person is not aware of it? The short answer is money. There is no money to be made in telling people to eat a whole food plant-based diet, and there are many industries out there that would be sorely affected if people stopped consuming the standard American diet otherwise known as SAD, or SAD. One of the better-known studies about the effects of a plant-based diet would have to be the work of Dr. T. Colin Campbell and his team, and is recounted in his book, The China Study. I would recommend this book to anyone who has an interest in nutrition, nutritional biochemistry, or has a desire to overcome the health issues that plague our modern society. Dr. Campbell's China study is particularly fascinating as he did not set out to prove the benefits of a plant-based diet, quite the opposite in fact. He said, I did not begin with preconceived ideas, philosophical or otherwise, to prove the worthiness of plant-based diets. I started at the opposite end of the spectrum as a meat-loving dairy farmer in my personal life and an establishment scientist in my professional life. I even used to lament the views of vegetarians as I taught nutritional biochemistry to pre-med students. There have been a number of studies that ran either in conjunction with the China study or have continued where it left off. They've been conducted over many decades in several countries and dealing with almost every age group and cultural and socio-economic grouping. I'm not going to go through all of them here but I will summarise the findings that have been consistent throughout all of these different studies for you. Firstly, consuming a whole food plant-based diet lengthens life, reduces the risk of illness and protects the body from disease. Secondly, populations with higher levels of consumption of animal proteins 
also have higher rates of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and autoimmune diseases. Three, populations that consume the lowest levels of animal proteins and high levels of plant-based whole foods have the least incidences of these diseases and greater longevity rates. Fourthly, individuals from populations that consume higher levels of plant-based diet increase their risk of disease when they move to, a geograph to geographic locations where the populations consumed a higher level of animal-based protein and the individual took on the dietary habits of that location, which indicates that it's the dietary changes that are affecting the change in health rather than any genetic predisposition. Fifthly, diseases that have a genetic component can be avoided or controlled by adopting a whole food plant-based diet. Sixthly, diseases such as cancers, cardiovascular diseases and diabetes can be prevented, stopped and or reversed by adopting a whole food plant-based diet. Seventhly, the nutrition content of a plant-based diet is sufficient not just to survive, but to thrive and excel. Eighthly, the nutrients available in a plant-based whole food diet are better able to be accessed and utilized by the human body than those found in animal proteins. And lastly, the modifying of nutritional content of foods to increase or decrease specific nutrients or the taking of isolated nutrients in the form of supplements does not have the same beneficial health effect as eating a whole food plant-based diet. So what conclusion can we come to from all this? That the scriptures tell us that God's original intention was for us to eat a whole food plant-based diet of seeds, nuts, grains, legumes, fruits, vegetables and leafy greens. And that science tells us that this is still the very best way for us to eat. This doesn't mean you can't eat anything else. We have the freedom to choose to eat whatever we want, as long as we do so knowing that that freedom to choose comes with the consequences of those choices. I recommend 50% or more of our food be made up of whole plant foods or first foods to see the health benefits that come with them. As I promised earlier, here are five ways to incorporate more first foods into your eating. Firstly, start slowly. Don't try to swap over to 100% plant-based eating overnight. Your body will not be ready for it and you will be miserable and most likely you will fail and you'll end up telling people how terrible plant-based eating is and how you spent two weeks on the toilet. So please, don't do that. Start by working towards increasing the amount of whole plant-based foods you're eating each day until it makes up about 50% of what you eat at each meal. This should take at least two weeks. By this time, you should be starting to feel the benefits of your new way of eating. Then you can continue to increase the amount of first foods you're eating until you get to the place where you are comfortable and are getting the health benefits you want to see. Second is this, introduce new foods into your diet one at a time. This applies to food groups, not just individual foods. 
This is to give your body time to get used to new types of food, to get used to digesting it and making the most of the nutrients in it. If you've been used to eating a diet that consists of main meals made up of an animal-based protein, a starch and a vegetable, which is considered by many in America to be a balanced meal, and you start to introduce leafy greens, it's going to take time for your body to acclimatize. Its initial response to the introduction of the greens will be to use the extra roughage to move the stuff you've been eating through your system a little faster than you're used to. And yes, I do recommend you start with introducing greens first for this very reason. It helps to cleanse your system and get your bowels working regularly and efficiently. So start with leafy greens and try a new leafy green each day if you can. There are so many to choose from. I still haven't exhausted the whole supply. Make a note of the ones you like and start to eat more of them. And the ones you don't like? Well, it's only one meal that's been marred by its inclusion and you don't have to eat it ever again. Introduce one new food group every two weeks and then new foods within that group each day. By the end of two weeks, you will be have potentially tried 14 new foods, and many of those will become new favourites. Some of you have already put two and two together, or points one and two. If you're taking two weeks to increase the amount of first foods you're eating to 50% of each meal, and the first new food group you're trying is leafy greens, then by the end of the first two weeks, 50% of each meal should now be made up of leafy greens. You got it. That's the goal. If you can get to the place where 50% of each meal is made up of leafy greens, you will see a significant improvement in your health and well-being, even in a shorter period as two weeks. The third thing is this. Eat foods as close to how God created them as possible. This is what whole foods means. Eating food in as close to their natural form as you can. Eating whole grains or fruits instead of products made from processed flours or sugars. In fact, try to eat produce more often than you eat products. The next guideline is this. Remember it's a journey. Journeys very rarely go in a straight line from A to B. The good ones anyway. I've been on this journey for many years and I still haven't got to where I want to be. I still have days when I fall in, back into the sad American diet. But sometimes you need to feed your soul more than your body. And that pint of ice cream is just what you need in the moment, even though you know your body is going to not like you much for the next day. That's okay. Eat the ice cream and don't beat yourself up for it afterwards. Enjoy every mouthful and move on. What you do in the moment doesn't nullify your journey leading up to that moment or dictate what you do next. Lastly, have fun with your food. Eating a plant-based whole food diet does not have to be boring or flavorless. If it is, you're doing something wrong. There is such a wide variety of plants that are edible and countless ways to combine them. And there are so many good resources out there for recipes and more and more restaurants are providing vegan and vegetarian options on their menus too.
so you're not limited to what you can make yourself. When I first started introducing my husband to plant-based meals, he was astounded at how flavorful and satisfying they were, and also how colorful and attractive the meals looked. So to summarize, start slowly. Don't try to do it all in one go. Your body needs time to adjust. Introduce one food at a time, one food group every two weeks, and one food within that group each day. Eat produce, not products. Try to eat food in as close to its natural form as possible. Remember, it's a journey, and don't beat yourself up if you get off track for a moment. Last but not least, have fun. I can't emphasize this enough. You can eat the healthiest diet in the world and still be sick and miserable if you're not eating your food with a positive attitude. Stress, anxiety, fear, anger, all those negative emotions shut down the body's ability to digest food properly. In Proverbs it says, Better is a dry morsel eaten in peace than a house full of feasting and strife. First foods can be fun, tasty and beautiful. First foods are what God originally created for us to eat and they are still the best option for us today. And they can be delicious, attractive and fun. Thank you for listening. I'm Jenna and this is The Good Way. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please leave a review. I'd love to hear how this podcast has impacted you. Or you can leave any questions you have. I'd be happy to answer them for you in future podcasts. And please share this podcast with your friends. You can take a screenshot of this page and share it to your social media pages or take a screenshot of your review and post that. If you'd like to help keep The Good Way on the air, you can support The Good Way on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the underscore good underscore way. I'm Jenna Jandro, walking with you on The Good Way.